listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. And today, we're yeah. talking about gear, and we're going to try to stay... Gear. Gear. This gear. Is the gear 30 Podcast. Yeah. Not beer. And we're going to try to... I could totally talk about beer. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to try to stay on topic, Brandon, right? Because you're the one that always gets sidetracked I'm with... I'm sorry. Great anatomy. I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, Icelandic. I mean... Icelandic skis. Icelandic skis. Okay, so yeah. I don't ski. Mm-hmm. So convince me why and what pair... If I get back into skiing, I should buy uh, for Icelandic skis. I've heard Pioneers maybe would be a good option That's, for me. That is because you rip. <laughs> like, top to bottom, no it's turning true. as fast as you can go. It's true. So, so these are like GS skis. So you want a Pioneer. <laughs> yeah. So um, before I release Chase on no, his... He's, all, he's he, literally wearing an Icelandic hat. He, he is on the pro team, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> yeah, big sort of there. Like he has to work the booth um, <laughs> yep. when they do the demos, but he doesn't quite ski for him yet. But someday soon, maybe soon, someday. Yeah. So, but he knows that he knows pretty much all things Icelandic, and he's drinking a Mountain Dew. Like he's like halfway there. Right, like he's got an Icelandic hat on, drinking Mountain Dew. This it's, is I had to drink yerba mate. I feel like to be part of the Icelandic crew. That's Mountain Dew. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. Okay. So, um, but the thing, the thing, uh, see, Chase, he's been a fanboy for a long time, and so I feel like anything that he says is uh, is very, very valid. That's is what you're gonna say. valid? Slightly biased, maybe. <laughs> yes. At least that's what I always felt. Just slightly though. So, because he was always telling cool. me for a long time how great their skis were, and I was kind of rolling my eyes, like, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. No, you're just a fanboy because they're cool, they look cool, and all that stuff. Which they do. And then I skied them. Okay, but what's your ski? What was your favorite ski? What is not Icelandic ski? What's your favorite ski? Favorite ski that I've ever skied? Yeah. Oh. Let's say you had to pick a an inbounds and an outbound ski. That makes huh. it a little, little easier, doesn't it? Well, there's hard because it's hard. There's powder and there's the not, thing not powder, right? Yeah. <laughs> very, very true. There is well, there's more than just yeah, two types of snow. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so, but in Utah and it's in our minds, it's like well, powder. there's powder and then there's the Crappy other stuff. <laughs> yeah. And we ski powder and then we, you know, we do everything we can to avoid the other stuff. <laughs> um. So the best inbound ski. The thing is, is I've been skiing backcountry stuff for so long. I haven't skied inbound much in a in a long time um so i don't really know of a, the best inbound ski the ski that i probably enjoyed the most went at the demo last year up at snow basin um 
the ski that I thought was the most fun inbounds was the Pioneer. But that's only because you can just go the super Pioneer fast. Pioneer 109, right? The Pioneer 109, yeah. Okay. Um, you could just bomb it, and that thing was solid. Um, and I love... I get a little bored on groomers. I don't... I want to go really fast, or I want to be in powder. That's about it. And, uh, and so... When we're skiing groomers, I just wanted to go fast. And the Pioneer was the fastest ski I skied and the most stable at high speed. And so I thought that was a really fun ski. That ski isn't that fun if you're trying to make turns. Like if you're trying to go slower and make turns, it just feels like it just wants to turn you downhill and go real fast. Uh, <clears throat> but I like that. That's, so, all you, that's all you need to do anyways. <clears throat> so the Pioneer uh, was was my favorite inbound ski. Probably my favorite all-around ski um, that I've ever skied. Oh, I the problem is is most of my skis are kind of pigeonholed and they're they're kind of specialist type skis and so scalpels. I, yeah, and so uh, probably the best all-around ski that I skied was the natural. Would you look at that? Uh, honestly, like <laughs> probably the natural. So, that's so yeah, yeah, so I've uh, the other skis that I've yeah, almost all. Would you look at that? Almost all of my other skis are just... So I had a, I had the Dinafit Wasker on for a while, which was like 115 underfoot, just a big... It's actually a really fun ski. It's a big wide one, but in the powder it was great. It had a short turning radius, and it made a real fun ski in the trees for how wide it was. Um, that was a fun ski. I've been skiing the La Sportiva High Five for many, many years, and that's a pretty fun ski, but not my very favorite um, my backcountry ski that I use most of the time was the Cho Oyu which is a Dinafit ski and that's like a scalpel type ski it's really not an all around ski it's it's really good for ski mountaineering and, and not that great in everything else I could ski it in everything but it's not that good in the powder it's, it's okay you have to be a good skier to ski it in the powder um, well um it's it's like it's good on steep steep couloirs and and uh decent on hard pack for how light it is um i don't know so anyway most of the skis that i've skied are just real kind of specialist skis that aren't aren't really good at everything that natural though was good at everything I was surprised and for how light it was that would be an awesome backcountry ski that you could also ski at resorts the Nomad, I so there's the Nomad and the Nomad Light. Yeah, Nomad. There's Nomad 95, 105, 115, and then the Nomad Light is a 105. So I skied the Nomad 105 and the Nomad Light 105. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like the Nomad Light better, <coughs> actually. And I've I've heard that from several people because maybe you can back this up, but. It skis exactly like the 105 does, the regular one, but it's lighter weight. Right. They don't. People don't notice a performance difference, so you might as well get a lighter weight ski if it's doing right. the same thing. Yeah, totally a ski you can take as your ba- in, in the backcountry. Plenty light for that, um, but it just skied really well. I actually thought the natural felt uh, slightly more li- lively. Okay. Well, I don't know. I'm, it's been a while since I skied. I think, I think the natural for me the Nomad. 
was a little more playful. Uh, maybe. Playful is not the right word. More forgiving when you play on it, I guess. Like, I'm, I, I'm trying to think. When I would go off jumps, um, when I would uh, ski backward or do... or spin off of something or whatever else I felt like the Nomad was maybe a little more uh, aligned with that type of skiing whereas a free, a free ride yeah, yeah whereas the natural it was just like it was the right ski for skiing all types of terrain for just like skiing it mm-hmm. there wasn't necessarily a ski that I was going to take and, and you know jib off of stuff or whatever yeah and I think that plays to the the Nomad coming out of the the free ride line um it's it's meant to be that really playful surfy floaty um like i just want to have turn the whole mountain into a playground type ski right and then the natural is more towards the all mountain big mountain carving hard um but also when you get into really technical terrain it's gonna be a really bomber solid underfoot ski yeah the natural to me felt like a ski that I could ski any terrain on and feel comfortable and confident. I didn't feel necessarily like uh, I would... Hold like, on, pause one second. What are you were saying? Okay, so I, I feel like the natural, when I was skiing it, when I get into powder, it excelled. When I get into tight trees, it was awesome. When I get on the groomers, it held an edge well. When I would bomb, it was it did fine. Like, when I'd go real fast, it didn't get too chattery. It's, it felt pretty solid. On the Nomad, I felt like it was better suited for, like Chase said, um, turning the whole mountain into a playground, jumping and jibbing and messing around. Sur- yeah, it felt surfier and stuff. But when I would go really fast carving on a groomer's on groomer, it didn't feel as stable. It felt kind of like it chattered a little more. And I think it's just it's because it has a bigger um under underfoot it had less camber uh it's a little flatter um so it was really forgiving in the powder and really forgiving for just kind of goofing around and stuff um and really a good all mountain ski if you really if you like to just play all that stuff but for me if i'm at a resort i like to on the groomers if it's a groomer day i like to go real fast and if it's a powder day i like to ski in the powder and in the trees and that natural was like kind of the perfect one quiver ski for that now the pioneer would be my choice if i was just if i had multiple skis that would be my choice for groomer days and uh the natural would be my choice for powder days but i was i was so impressed with those skis the one ski that I didn't love that everybody else was absolutely raving about was the Saba Pro. Yeah. Everybody else loved it, and I was just like, no, nah, it's just not my style of ski. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a, a full rocker, uh, like a reflective rocker. There's no camber on the ski, reflective side cut. Um, fun, I, I haven't actually skied it. It, really? it came out after I got surgery. Oh, after you broke your and I Oh my gosh, I last year was it. not the best year for you. No trees hitting this year. Okay, I won't. But, I mean, I hear it's a lot of fun to ski. I'm stoked to get out on it. But I, I can see why it wouldn't be your favorite. I've skied with you. It's not my style of skiing. I, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> you know, not. I've skied with you. <laughs> well, yeah. You're, like, you're it's boring. Just, it's, no. Well, it's not that. It's just like, I think it is more of a, 
it's pigeonholed itself almost. It's definitely not a one quiver ski. I would not get the Saba Pro if I was only skiing on one ski. It's 117 underfoot for one. But I mean, I have a 115 that I ski almost every day. So, yeah. but it is a little on the wider side. But it's, and it's reverse camber, mm-hmm, so or, or like completely rocker. There's no camber under the it, on the foot. The and the one reason they get around that is they have the reflective side cut, which the rocker of the ski matches the side cut of the ski. So when you put it on edge, it's gonna it still carve. holds an edge well. Yeah, it's gonna carve a lot better than a fully rockered ski from literally anyone else out there. But it's still a full rockered ski, right? Um, it's it, it it from what I hear again. I can't speak to it too much because I haven't ridden it. You have fun ski, but yes, it's like when I have my ninety-five to one hundred five wasted ski, and I'm looking for something else. Yeah, I totally get it, but it's not a one quiver ski. I could see because the day that we were skiing, there really wasn't much powder. It was mo- so we were skiing it on groomers, and it's not designed to be a groomer ski. And for the type of ski it was, it it carved really well. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's I don't know. I I think that if it, if I was skiing that on a powder day, I think I would have really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But I skied it on a groomer day, and a ski that that's why that's that wide, that's full rocker, all that stuff. It's just not exactly what I was looking for, but. With that said, Matt and Hunter both absolutely love that ski. Yeah. So And it skis it totally skis to Hunter style. I'm kinda surprised Matt liked it so much. I'm surprised too. Honestly. Yeah. But I mean, I think he was probably just impressed with how well it did carve for how wide the ski is. He's skiing a QST and that probably carves just as well as a QST does. Yeah. But it's wider. Yeah. So now so Hunter, his style it seemed he just he likes to just play around, play around, jib off stuff all the time, and and so that Saba Pro, yeah, seems to fit him pretty well. Totally. <clears throat> um, what other skis do they have that we're bringing in? Um, so we'll bring in the Nomad 105, which is their bread and butter. It's their most popular ski. Um, <clears throat> it's that it is totally. I would put it in the one quiver ski. Yep. Um. I'd also put it in, if this is your first year skiing, or you've been skiing for 35 years and you still rip, you can ski on this ski. Um, it's really hard to out-ski it, but it's also pretty forgiving and pretty easy to ski. Um, the, if you're familiar with the ski, it used to run in 171, 181, and 191 lengths. This year they added a 186 and, or 176 and 186. So. I'm stoked on that because there was lots of customers that would come in and they're like, oh well, I'm a little bit bigger than a 181, but I don't want a 191. Or I need like a 175, but I don't want to jump up to 181, but 171 skis a little short. Um, so I think that's going to be really good this year to have more links offered. So that's the Nomad 105. We're not bringing in the Nomad 115 because we're bringing in a few of the Sabas. Uh-huh. Um, and then on the women's side, we're bringing in that Maiden 101. And a few of the Maiden 111s, I believe. So the Maiden is the women-specific version of the Nomad? Yep, exactly. Okay. And so the, the Maiden 101 is their most popular women's ski. And again, the Nomad 105 and the Maiden 101, they make in a light version. So it has their... Um, oh, crap, I can't remember. It's been so long since I've been out of that tent slinging skis. Um, but it's got their backcountry core. So a full Polonia. That's what it's called, Polonia core. Um 
polonia is a type wood. of wood um so their free ride skis are a poplar polonia blend and then their backcountry school skis are full polonia so a poplar polonia bend the poplar is going to make them a little bit more lively mm-hmm. and a little just a little stiffer stiffer yep and the polonia is just really light a little softer a little lighter um and then we're bringing in the pioneer 109 which is going to be my daily driver for the resorts i know you loved that ski oh so um, so fast it was fun it's and I, the guy told me when i got on it he said you aren't gonna like this unless you go fast mm-hmm. and yep. and so i did and it was just like oh this thing's awesome and i i used to ride the 96 as my i wouldn't say daily driver because i like a little wider ski but more of my hard pack we haven't received snow in a few days type ski and i loved it but i was a little worried getting that ski in a 109 typically in in my mind the wider you get the stifferest ski gets um in a lot of instances because it's it's got to be i guess that's not true because a lot of powder skis are pretty soft yeah but i i get what you're saying but what I find is when the wider you get, the softer it gets torsionally, and yes. it doesn't hold an edge quite as well. Mm-hmm. But the Pioneer 109 didn't seem to be that way. No, well, the 96 is is a, it's a fairly stiff ski. I ski on a fairly soft ski. I mean, I just like a softer ski. 96 was pretty stiff, and I was worried going to 109 and that stiff of a ski. And I got on the 109, and it's got the perfect balance of. It's stiff enough, but it's still soft enough to like, play on. Yeah. Um, so I, I demoed some 109s last year and was like, all right, this is going to be my new like one quiver ski. Um, so we're bringing that Pioneer 109 and then the Riveter 95 for women's, which is kind of in that Pioneer, a um, little more of the front side, groomer specific, but it can do anything, an all-mountain ski mm-hmm. for sure. Um we're not bringing in the Sabas or the Oracle. And then backcountry. You said you're not bringing in the Saba? Mm, or no, sorry, the, the Saber. The we're, Saber. We're bringing in the Saba. We're not bringing in the Saber. Okay. Um, sorry about that. And what, um, is, what is the Saber? It's like their groomer specific. Okay. I grew up skiing, slalom, super G. I want a groomer ski. Okay. Um, they're fun, but they're not a... They don't, I don't, it's not I don't really a Utah ski sh- so much. Say, I don't know a Utah store that sells them. Yeah. So, um, and then backcountry, we're bringing in the Natural 101, the Nomad 105 Lite, and then the Mystic 97, um, and then the Maiden 101 Lite. Okay. Um, we're going to have a, a decent amount of backcountry skis in this year. We, as Gear 30 has been for seven years fairly specific on the backcountry side and we anticipate a huge growth in backcountry skiing this year if you're listening to this podcast and you're contemplating getting into backcountry skiing this year don't wait don't don't wait if you're familiar familiar at all with how biking and mountain biking and road biking went this year inventory was gone in a heartbeat we anticipate the same thing happening in the backcountry ski side so that's beacons, probes, shovels, skins, skis, boots, bindings, all of that stuff. We anticipate it to go quick and inventory to be hard to find. So we have added inventory. We are going to have a big supply of it this year. However, do not wait because it's going to go quick. Yep. 
but um and then i guess to to speak to um we kind of already talked about the difference between the natural and the maiden but they do both have that polonia core the natural is a little bit more of your utilitarian you can build anchors with it if you need to it's got a metal tip on the back uh, to protect i guess so you can build that anchor so you can shove them in the shove them in the snow at the top when you get up there and it's blowing wind or whatever just more of a utilitarian type ski mm-hmm. great backcountry ski and then you have that um nomad and maiden light which they look freaking cool and they have that light core and they're that playful floaty surfy if you want a good ski to do both inbounds and backcountry i would definitely consider the nomad 105 light or even the natural but i think the nomad's a little bit more versatile as far as crushing the resort as well as being able to handle the backcountry yeah yeah i think depending on your i think the majority of skiers their skiing style will lend them to maybe prefer the nomad light over the natural i personally preferred the natural but um i uh, not that i'm necessarily a better skier than the other skiers on the mountain but i tend to like to go faster than the other skiers on the mountain i i uh turn less and and like higher speeds and i felt like the nomad would be the perfect ski for making turns just making the most of the mountain and not just getting down fast and that's um anyway i i like the nomad light a lot though i like and I was surprised because, like you said, you were telling me before I got on the Nomad Light, like, most people are liking this better than the Nomad. And I was thinking, in a resort, I doubt it. And I did. It felt the same as the Nomad as far as how well it skied, but it did feel lighter. So I felt nimbler. And um, and especially near the end of the day as my legs were starting to get tired, um, I felt like that lighter weight helped me ski better mm-hmm. so oh, totally <clears throat> um another ski that we are bringing in from them is the scout which is their youth ski um they they're they're using the same exact technology and construction that their free ride skis are using um one thing to mention with Icelandic that we haven't mentioned before is they do have their three-year bomb proof warranty no questions asked. If anything happens to the ski, they'll replace it for you. And that's, I don't think anyone on the market's doing something mm-hmm. like that. There's a couple of companies that have a two-year warranty, but they have the three-year warranty. Um, they back it up. This is really cool for buying a youth ski. If you're going to buy a ski for your kid, buy it a little bit on the bigger side. And then for three years, your kid that's going to trash his skis has a ski that's warrantied for three years. And or if he grows out of it in one year, hand it down to your next kid. They can use it and abuse it. And if something happens in three years, you've got another ski for those kids. So, excuse me. Um, awesome one. You're gonna pay a little bit more. They run. They're three ninety nine for a pair of skis. So it's it's really not terrible, but it's a little bit more expensive than you can than you'll pay for a used pair of rental skis for your kids. But they come in a let's see an eighty eight waist an 85 and a 75 wasted ski they look cool your kids are going to love them and they have that three-year bomb proof warranty and that warranty is obviously for all icelandic skis so definitely consider those for the kids we'll have a few of those pairs in and yeah we're stoked for ski season and we're stoked to be selling some stellar handmade skis
So we, yeah, I'm excited too. Now that I've skied them all, I'm just, I'm, I'm excited to have them in, and they look awesome. I'll, that's one thing Icelandic's known for is the art on their top sheets and and uh, even on their on their bases sometimes, but yeah. um, on their top sheets they've just got some beautiful art. They're really pretty skis. Um, once you've uh, once you've skied them and and destroyed them over 10 years of skiing, then you just hang them on the wall. Exactly. So, um, all right. Well, thanks, Chase. So you were saying that um, they're coming in. If you want some, call in and reserve them. Uh, just you can go online and, and do the pre-order all online. Oh, okay. Just pay pay form everything and, online. And then when we get them in, we'll ship them to you. Yep, exactly. So they'll ship the first week of October. So you'll go in and you'll you'll do everything as if you would a normal transaction, um, and then we'll we'll pull those out of inventory and ship them to you as soon as we get them. And if you want a little bit of personal uh, advice, uh, one-on-one advice on what ski you think you should buy or, or you want our input, then give us a call, um, Chase or or somebody else, Chase or Hunter, any of the the skiers at the shop can help you out and uh make sure that you're on the right ski before you buy them um if you buy some and then you you know you're thinking oh well maybe i want to try this other ski instead uh call us up and talk to us we can make the switch if we need to but um we're here to help so however we can help we can do that also is there we can chat via our website too right uh, or is that, no, is that not going not, on right now we don't have that right now all right scratch that um Just but give us a call, give us a call. Uh, our phone number at the shop, 801-732-5870, and uh, we're happy to help. So, all right. Thanks, Chase, and yeah. uh, thanks for joining us for the podcast today. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and share with your friends, and leave us a friendly review so that others can find our podcast as well. Um, check out gear30.com for deals on some of the best outdoor gear available, and we're just as we've been talking about, we're just getting into ski season. So check out uh, the Icelandic skis and some of the other ski gear that we've got coming in. If you're wanting to get into the backcountry, don't wait. It's going to be a big backcountry year, and we're expecting our backcountry gear to go fast. Um, so there's that. All right, thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next episode. See you out there. Ooh.